everyone and welcome to The Way 1870 and I'm Rev. Mark Burwell and I'm, I'm here to talk a little bit about the scriptures and I hope it's going to be a blessing to everybody. I've always, uh, ever since I got saved some years ago, I've always enjoyed the scriptures. I think they are, um, they're just flat out awesome. I believe everything from Genesis to Revelation, I believe that all of it is scripture and um, don't add anything to it, don't take anything away. Um, and I think sometimes that maybe we just lack understanding a little bit of what the scriptures are about or how they're, how they should be, um, taken in context. And, um, I know sometimes, you know, especially when you're and some of you pastors out there and some of you ministers out there, or some of y'all that just study the word of God. I know that, uh, once people kind of know that you study it, they got questions or some people want to challenge the, the word of God and different things like that. And, um. And that's okay. I think each and every one of us that are saved should give every man or woman or boy or girl the reason of hope that is in us. That's a scripture. I think we should be able to um, be able to uh, teach somebody, tell somebody what our faith is all about. I know I got saved at the age of 17. Um, and ever since I got saved at the age of 17, um, I've always it's almost like maybe the Holy Spirit just drove me into the scriptures, but the scriptures were just, uh, just flat out amazing to me. Um, and one of the scriptures that, um, that really stuck out to me or one passage of scripture that really stuck out to me is the road to Emmaus, where Jesus opens up the minds of the disciples, uh, so they can understand the scriptures. And that to me was just like, Lord, I pray that I would get an opportunity to man if I could just be there at that time when he begins to open up the scriptures and uh, and that's kind of what I want to talk about I most of the time like I say I run into different people and their understanding sometimes of scripture you know is 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 good but sometimes you're, you know you just kind of stop and say like you know where are you coming from with that and uh, and I'm not I'm not God and I'm, I'm sure enough not Paul or any or I'm not Moses or anybody but I believe that one and one is two and two and two is four and four and four is eight and eight, eight, eight and eight is 16 and just different things like that. So I believe that the, the scriptures are written in purpose. I don't believe that, uh, uh, it just happened. I, I believe that there's a purpose to the scriptures and, uh, and, and the scholars that laid them out, I think they did a good job of translating it. Um, even though people want to try to say that, um, you know, they always got something negative to say about the scriptures or their man made and all that. Uh, but I really believe that the Holy Spirit inspired the scriptures. Uh, so one of the things that I wanted to start off about is, and I've always hear people talk about when it comes to the New Testament or the Brit Hadashah, whatever you want to call it, uh, which is Matthew to Revelation, um, that because they call it the New Testament and they call Genesis to Malachi the Old Testament, that that's done away with, I hear there's a, a friend of mine that likes to quote, uh, for the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. And I don't really think people, sometimes when they quote that, they really understand what it is. Sometimes when I look at people call themselves Pentecostal, I don't think they really fully understand sometimes what they're saying. And it doesn't match uh, the scriptures because we know uh, the first Passover um, that the Lord really brings to light is always going to be um, in the book of uh, Exodus, um, when the Lord is going to bring Israel uh, out of Egypt. And we know 50 days later is going to be the Feast of Weeks. Um, 
which the Gentiles in the New Testament call Pentecost. So we know that the first Pentecost is not the book of Acts. We know it's all the way back here, but nobody really wants to go back and find out what it is. So I, I usually when I start talking to people, I always want to talk about what are scriptures? What are the scriptures? What, what are they according to the word of God? And uh, that's normally where if somebody wants to sit down and, and discuss the word, we first of all need to define what the scripture is. What are we going to base everything off of? And um, and I believe that in this road to Emmaus, that Jesus himself begins to teach, um, you know, from what he believes or what he's saying are the scriptures. And I think we need to take a look at that. And uh, so in Luke 24, um, the road to Emmaus, and I know some of you guys are familiar with it, but there's uh, Jesus is risen from the dead. Uh, he walks along with... Uh, uh, two of his disciples uh, to Emmaus and he begins to um, say in verse 25 of Luke 24 he says oh you fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken uh, ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory um, and beginning at Moses and all the prophets he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself so this is almost an eight mile walk um, if I'm historically correct or um, but it's about eight miles and I don't know how fast you guys walk uh, eight miles but that sure enough would take me a long time to walk some eight miles especially to go to another town so there was a lot of time for him to expound upon the scriptures so beginning at Moses uh, it says there that he begins to um, teach them the scriptures and then later on um, we see where you know the disciples get together and as they spoke in, in verse 36, it says that Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said unto them, Peace be unto you. But they were terrified and affrighted and supposed that they had seen a spirit. And he said unto them, Why are you troubled? And why do thoughts arise in your heart? He said, Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself handle me and see, for a spirit has not flesh and bones as you see me have. And when he had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they yet believed not for joy and wondered, he said unto them, Have you here any meat? Uh, and they gave him a piece of broiled fish and of a honeycomb. And he took and did eat before them. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spoke uh, unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. So he opened up their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. So right here, Jesus is opening up their minds so they can understand Moses, the prophets and the Psalms. And he believes that these are the scriptures. He is not quoting Matthew. He is not quoting Mark. He is not quoting Luke. He's not quoting John. He's not talking about any of the books of the Acts. He hasn't given John revelation. He hasn't spoken anything to Judas. He believes, and the church at that time believes, that the scriptures are Genesis to Malachi. Now, I know that we have the New Testament today, but sometimes people could take the New Testament and make the New Testament sound like um, what they want it to sound like. And there's no basis. One thing that Jesus is establishing here is that he is opening up their mind so that they can understand the scriptures. And he clearly lets us know that the scriptures are going to be from Moses, 
That's the first five books, the prophets. We all know them. Uh, Jeremiah, Daniel, and all of them. And also we know the book of Psalms. And we also know uh, the writings too are going to be included in there. Um, and verse 46, said, and thus uh, it is written, and thus is behoove for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And verse 48 is a key. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry in Jerusalem until you have been endued with power from on high. So he breaks down right here um, what the scriptures are. So I usually when I'm talking to uh, men and women, um, first of all, before we get into any type of discussion or get into any type of argument, because sometimes, especially if I'm with my Muslim brothers or some five percenters or just some, it could be anybody, um, you know, sometimes people want to come up, man, and challenge, you know, scripture and things like that. We need to find out what scripture is. And sometimes even in our very own churches, there are people that are listening to other doctrines, other different preachers, because you got to know we got the Internet now. So people are are out there. Sometimes they're looking up things and they're listening to people and the doctrine is just flat out wrong. So I always want to sit down and I want to explain to people what Jesus said the scriptures are. Okay, so uh, also, too, we've got to we can't just look just like we do in college, you know, with our critical thinking. Um, we just can't. We have to be able to prove, um, you know, what we're saying. Uh, so also, too, we want to take a look at, you know, what Peter says about what the scriptures are. So if you get an opportunity, you always can go to Second Peter. Second uh, Peter. I believe that is going to be, if I am correct, we're going to be looking at chapter one of Second Peter, and we're going to be looking at uh, verses sixteen through twenty-one. is very important because, like I said, you got to lay out your case before men and women, and 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 please have a good understanding of what it is that you want to say from your heart. You just can't come out here and start speaking, and you can't back anything up. Always back up what you're saying based on scripture. So we're going to use the words of Jesus and we're going to use the words of Peter right here, um, who is, like Christ says, is a witness. Is a witness. You have to understand that Peter, James, John, the, the apostles, some of the disciples there are witnesses. He says you are witnesses. So these brothers are going to declare to you what scripture is. So just like Luke 24 um, let's listen to what Peter has to say. So Peter, the second epistle of Peter, in verse 16, he says, For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. So you have to understand, Peter was like, hey man, what is written from the law of Moses to Malachi they're not stories and fables made up things. He says that he is a eyewitness. The reason why he was handpicked is one of the reasons that the Lord said, you are going to be a witness of everything that Moses and the prophets and the Psalms wrote about. You are going to be a witness. You're going to tell people, hey, I was there at the grassy knoll and I witnessed what happened. Whether you believe me or not, that's on you. 
He didn't come to change anything that Moses said. He didn't come to change anything that the prophets had said. He didn't come to change anything that David and the other brothers wrote in the Psalms. He didn't come to change Proverbs. He came to let us know that he is a eyewitness of what all these brothers wrote about. He said, I've seen it for myself. Verse 17 is for we have received from God the Father honor and glory. When there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven, we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. You can go back to the scriptures when the Mount of Transfiguration is what Peter's talking about here in verse 19. We have also a more sure word of prophecy whereunto you, uh, you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shineth into a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. This is when Peter starts to talk about the scriptures. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And that right there is Peter's own words talking to you about the scriptures. Holy men of God moved by the Spirit of God, gave us those scriptures. Do you understand that? Peter's not saying that the epistle that he is writing to the church is scripture. It's a letter that he is writing to them. The next uh, one that we want to look at is we want to look at the Apostle Paul, and we're going to go to 2 Timothy chapter 3, and we're going to be beginning to look at a couple of verses there. Um, Paul talks about in chapter 3, just at verse 10, it says, But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, his persecutions, his afflictions, which came on him at Antioch and Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions he endured. But out of all of them, the Lord delivered him. Yes, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue in the things which you have learned and has been assured of knowing of whom you have learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus." All scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So I love that uh, because it lines up with everything that uh, Jesus was talking about to the disciples. He opened up their minds so they can understand everything written in the law of Moses and the prophets and then the Psalms concerning him. And when he begins to talk to Timothy, he says, you know my doctrine. You know what I believe. You know the core of what I preach. And Paul is not going to preach anything different than what the apostles and the disciples preached. And when we begin to study Matthew and begin to look at Matthew, just opening up, Matthew is going to do that for you and I. He's going to begin to open up our minds and show us in the scriptures proving that Jesus is the Christ. And John's going to do the same thing. So uh, just looking a little bit here at Paul, he says, continue Timothy and what he has learned and has been assured of knowing of whom you have learned them. 
if you want to say uh, Paul is like a father to Timothy, I, I believe that he is. I believe that Timothy was somebody that was special in Paul's heart, and Paul wanted Timothy to be successful when it came to ministry. Um, and that from a child, you have known the Holy Scriptures. He's talking about the same scriptures that Jesus opened up the disciples' minds so that they can understand, uh, which are able to make you wise unto salvation. That's what you and are. We are saved. We are saved by faith. Okay? It's our faith uh, that makes us righteous. Nothing else. It ain't our works or nothing else. It's our faith in Christ Jesus that makes you and I a believer. Without that, we are not a believer. I believe at some point a man or a woman has to have an encounter where they believe Jesus for themselves. That Okay, some of us were um, uh, born in the church. Our families went to church and we just grew up in church. And usually I ask people, I said, when did you come to the place where you know, you decided to give your life to Christ. And they were like, well, I've been in church my whole life. Okay, well, cool. I, you know, maybe there is a possibility. But for me, there was a time in my life that I can remember when I first saw the light. Paul has a time in his life when he first saw the light. I think that's very, very important. Verse 16 says, all scripture is given the same way that Peter was talking about. Holy men of God, moved by the Spirit of God or inspired by the Spirit of God gave us the scriptures. Paul says the th same thing here. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God. It's profitable for doctrine. Paul gets his doctrine from Genesis to Malachi. Mostly, if you look at a lot of Paul's writings, Paul is quoting a lot of Genesis uh, to Deuteronomy. Those first five books Paul is living in and he's trying to make all his points made uh, from those first five books. Um, let's see here. Uh, and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. The word of God back there, Paul starts to talk about in, in Romans, if I didn't even know what the law is. If I, if I, if, if, if I didn't even know what was right and what was wrong, the law is very, very important for you. And I don't think that it's not, we're not talking about Exodus chapter 21. We'll get into the law later. We're talking about those commandments, the ones that God gave on the Mount. Okay. Those are very, very important. Those are timeless. They're not going to change. We're not talking about the blood of bulls and goats and things like that. We're going to get the interpretation of that later on. We're just, we're just, we got to understand that the law, it's not going to change. Adultery will not change. Stealing will not change. Honoring thy father and mother will not change. Coveting thy neighbor will not change. There are things that will not change. He is the Lord our God, which brought us up out of the land of Egypt and out of the yoke of bondage. And we will have no other God but him, period, end of story. Today is the same way. He is our God. Throw out your Ouija boards. Throw out your lottery system. Throw out whatever else that you use. Throw out your Halloween. Throw out these other things that were brought in. Some people are bringing in. They're mixing just like the children of Israel did. Uh, when, when you look at Jacob after his daughter was raped. And he told them, 
let us give up our little guys, those little things that his family was holding on to. And they started to take off earrings and they started to take off bracelets and things that represented other gods. They were only going to have one true God, period. So Timothy understands Paul's doctrine. Okay. You can use it for correction. If a young man or a young woman or an older man or an old woman is, is, is going out the way, man, you can, hey man, this is what the word says. Hopefully they'll hear it. Hopefully they'll understand it, that the man of God may be perfect. Perfect is not, we know that if a man says that he has no sin, then we know that man is lying because every person on the planet that's ever going to be born that's alive today still sins. We have the sin nature in us. But just like Paul would preach Genesis 15, 6, Abraham believed God and it was accredited to his account as righteous. That means that walk before me and be thou perfect, Abraham. Be thou perfect. What you believe makes you righteous to me. And we have to understand that. So when we go back here into Genesis through Malachi and, and begin to understand it and see Jesus in it, we will be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. We're not knocking um, Matthew to Revelation. It's just that some people out here think that that's called the Old Testament. Somebody labeled it the Old Testament. It is not the Old Testament. I'm here telling you that Jesus, Peter, and now we start to look at Paul, said that they, those, Genesis to Malachi, that's scripture. That's what they preached from. That's where they got their doctrine from. That's how they got brothers and sisters straight. They saw Christ long before he ever walked the planet with Genesis to Malachi. How come we can't see that? So we need to take a look at this um, thing we call scripture very, very um, seriously. Really need to study it. Really need to go through it. Because there's some people out there that are just flat out jacking it up. And they think that they don't have to tithe no more. Some people just, just think that they don't even have to honor their father and mother. Some people think that they can steal. Will a man rob God? I believe that believers are still robbing God to this day. Ain't nothing going to change. If Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, man is going to be the same yesterday, today, and forever. So I believe that that relationship that we have with the Lord will begin to produce good works. I believe that if you receive him as your Lord and Savior, I believe that he will put his spirit in you and the spirit of God, like he says in Hebrews chapter eight. And, um, you know, in those days, um, I will write my laws in their heart and in their mind, and I will be to them a God and they will be to me the people. So I don't know where people are getting that this is the Old Testament, it's not. I don't know where they're coming from. Jesus died according to the scriptures, all right? Okay, let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Paul is talking again um, about the scriptures here. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1 and 3. Maybe I might go a little bit more, but I just really wanted to, to, to talk about 3 there. But it kicks off and it says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received and wherein you stand. By which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which also 
that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures, and that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. After that, he was seen of above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. After that he was seen of James, then of all the apostles, and last of all he was seen of me also as one born out of due time. So when we look at what Paul is saying here, Jesus Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Now is he talking about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? No, he's not. Remember, Jesus opened up their minds so they can understand everything written in the law of Moses and in the prophets concerning him. He opened up their mind to what uh, Jesus said with the scriptures, Paul is opening up their mind and telling them the same scriptures that Jesus preached to Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and the rest of the disciples. He preached them nothing else. He was Paul never just came and started his own doctrine. He kept the same doctrine uh, that, the, uh, that the apostles kept. Um, and he starts to talk to you about the over 500 brothers and sisters saw Jesus resurrected powerful statement. So here we are walking through what the scriptures are. So once again, every time I begin to talk to people and maybe they're um, not understanding, we immediately, let's find out, let's base everything off the scriptures. And when I begin to talk to them and ask them, what does the Bible say is scripture? The New Testament will tell you that Genesis to Malachi are the scriptures. This is where they're, this is their foundation. This is what they're preaching out of. They're not preaching out of Matthew. They're not preaching out of Mark. They're not preaching out of Luke. They're not preaching out of John. Peter will tell you in his gospel back over there. He says, before I give up the ghost, let me go ahead and begin to give you um, what happened. Let me remind you of what took place. And that's why he says that holy men of God moved by the spirit of God gave us the scriptures. Very powerful. And you can keep going through here. There is no place in the New Testament when anybody is writing a letter that they're telling you that that now is scripture. And when we start to go back over to Matthew and we begin to look at what Matthew was saying. Then you'll say, okay, now I understand why Matthew is writing this gospel. Paul is telling them that this is, he says, moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which he preached, which Paul preached unto them and they receive um, that's the gospel the good news Paul said I brought y'all good news Matthew said I brought y'all some good news John said I brought y'all some good news here's the good news we found the one who Moses and the prophet spoke of these brothers are not shifting and throwing away the Old Testament that is not happening these brothers are preaching through that and it was a point that they were making to show people Jesus in the scriptures. It was, They wanted to show people who Jesus is in the scriptures from Genesis to Malachi. Let's turn over to Matthew. Matthew chapter 11 is one of those scriptures that kind of helps my case, if you want to say. And like I said, I do this with people all the time because some, they just, you can take that New Testament and you can make it sound kind of like sometimes what you want it to sound. 
But if you have a great understanding of what Jesus and the disciples considered to be scripture, then the New Testament has to come in line with what they call the Old Testament. So we look at Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. This is a powerful scripture right here. This is what Jesus is saying. He's speaking in red. It says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This verse right here is a key verse when we are first served, first saved. I'm sorry about that, y'all. Learn about who Jesus is in the scriptures. That's what the brothers would do. If you got saved at that time with Peter, James, and John, they will begin to teach you in the scriptures who Jesus is. You know, another uh, powerful verse that, um, that I always love quoting is John chapter 5, verse 39, where Jesus again begins to talk about the scriptures or what he believes the scriptures are, not what we believe the scriptures are, what he believes the scriptures are. And John chapter 5, verse 39 says this, it says, search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. Powerful. He says, search the scriptures. Go all the way through Genesis to Malachi. Look them up and down. You think you got eternal life in them. But all those scriptures back there testify of who Jesus is. And I'm telling you, we will see God move in our life when we have a clear understanding of who Jesus is. It's what he wanted to teach his disciples. That's what Paul preached to Timothy and his disciples. And I'm telling you, that's what the Holy Spirit wants to teach you and I today. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who freely gives it. God will open up your mind so that you can understand who Jesus is in the scriptures. And once again, I'm not discounting Matthew to Revelation. I would never do that. But I think that we will have a better clarity of the New Testament by understanding the scriptures or what the world calls the Old Testament. They want to do away with these scriptures. But these are the same scriptures that Jesus preached out of. These are the same scriptures that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and Paul preached out of. These are the same scriptures that Jude preached out of. Everybody that we read in here that preached, preached from Genesis to Malachi. They never opened up. John didn't go over and say, Matthew, what are you writing? And Matthew's like, oh man, I'm just breaking it down. Oh man, let me get that when you're done. Because I'm going to use yours to write mine. It's not what was happening. So we have to have a good understanding of what the word of God is telling us. Amen. Let's go to Psalms um, chapter one. I know I'm jumping back over here to the Old Testament. But before I go to the book of John, I just want you to see something. That's in Psalms one. If you're familiar with Psalms one, I believe David is the author of it. 
And let's hear what he has to say. It says, blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that bring forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. So David, in the time when he wrote this, and I believe it would be David, begins to share with us at his time, what he considered to be the scriptures. They had Genesis, the Deuteronomy, and they would be up in that. And nowhere when David started writing Psalms, nowhere when Samuel started writing, nowhere when Jeremiah started writing that they say, hey, okay, Moses, what he wrote is done away with. And now what I'm writing is the truth. It's not how it goes, y'all. It's not how it goes. Everybody read Moses. Everybody preached out of Moses. All right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John got an opportunity to preach from Genesis to Malachi. Minds open of who God is. All right? So I wanted to put that there. Mark. Um, chapter 12 and beginning at verse 24 once again we're looking at what Jesus himself considered to be scripture and I don't want to go up and read you know everything according to it but I'm just taking some things and then maybe you can just continue to study on your own but I think you're getting the viewpoint of what I'm saying what are the scriptures especially at the time of Jesus and he is telling you what the scriptures are. So we look at Mark uh, chapter 12, verse 24, and it says, And Jesus answering said unto them, Do you not therefore err, because you know not the scriptures, neither the power of God? For when they shall rise from the dead, they neither marry, nor are they given in marriage, but are as the angels which are in heaven. And as touching the dead, that they rise. Have you not read in the book of Moses how in the bush God spake unto him, saying, I am the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. Ye therefore do greatly err. So when you look at Jesus here in chapter 12, what scriptures is he talking about? Mark is writing this in here to prove who Jesus is. And some of the teachings that he said were just, they had the men and women at that time just, just astounded. They were just beside themselves with the knowledge he had. Remember, he talked like one that actually wrote the scriptures. He wasn't just talking like anybody else. He was like, they said he's teaching like he has authority. 
Like he's the very author of the book. Powerful. So he says they err because they don't know the scriptures. You don't know the scriptures. For when they shall rise from the dead, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels which are in heaven. The angels in heaven, they have no sexual relations, so there's no need for no marriage. There's no need to be fruitful and multiply. So when we go there, we're going to be like the angels. We're going to have heavenly bodies, not earthly bodies. Earthly bodies down here are made uh, a certain way for what God's will is down here. Angelic bodies are made for what God's will is in glory. And there is no need for reproductive organs, period, end of story. So there's marriage is done, over with. And he says here, and as touching the dead that they rise, have you not read in the book of Moses how in the bush God spake unto Abraham, God spake saying, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. He is sitting here explaining to you and I the scriptures and then he comes out and says did you not read what Moses wrote in the book come on people I'm telling you I think that if we have a good understanding of Genesis to Malachi we're going to have a great understanding of Matthew through Revelation it's our loss of Genesis to Malachi sometimes that we can't see it or sometimes we'll take the scriptures in the New Testament and make them what we want them to be. And then some people would teach us, well, that's the old, this is the new. No, it's not. The same God, the same God, the same God from the beginning is the same God that is dealing with us today. The same God. Remember, Jesus was in the bosom of the Father. Let us make man in our image and our likeness. All right, let's go to the book of John real quick. Sometimes we got to hear it from John's old mouth. You know, we just, we don't want to hear it from one another. But if we hear it from John, maybe we might believe. Okay. Okay, dokie here. The same God, the same God in the beginning is the same God dealing with you and I right now. Amen? Okay, so we're looking at John chapter 1. It says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. You can stop right there. All right. Psalms 119.11, David begins to write. He says, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So when you start to go over to uh, Genesis to Malachi, it's not going to be saying scriptures. It's going to be saying the word. That's why we can look and say, John says the word made flesh. It says here, and, and look at verse two, the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made in him was the life and the life was the light of men. All right. The same Jesus that we see here um, that is walking around preaching the gospel, healing the sick, raising the dead is the same Jesus that was with God at the beginning, period, end of story. I believe it's Paul that writes and says that, or maybe it's John that writes, but it says that he was in the bosom of the Father. 
so important about John 1, 18, no man has seen God at any time. The only begotten son, which is in the bosom of the father, he has declared him. Um, what it's saying in that aspect is that when you go back to Genesis and it says, let us make man in our image and our likeness, that us, John, begins to declare to you what the us is. It says that the word of God or the word made flesh, as he begins to talk about um, in verse 12, um, and I, I, I don't want to go ahead and, and start to, but it's almost like I have to a little bit here. Verse 12 says, but as many as received them, I'm still in John chapter one, uh, to them gave he power to become the sons of God to them that believe on his name which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, the word made flesh is the word. Now, when we go back to um, Psalms, and you start to hear the word, the words that Moses spoke, the words that the prophets had spoken, that word became flesh, they said. All that was prophesied about Jesus became flesh. So when it talks about him being in the bosom of the father, he was in his father the whole time because we know that his name is going to be called Emmanuel, which is God with us. That's the reason why they killed him in the first place, because he made himself equal with God. If you are actually calling yourself the son of God, or you think you're the son of God, that makes you God. And they said that he blasphemed. So that's what that whole thing is about right there. I love Matthew and I love uh, John because they both are doing the same thing. John is just, you know, he takes a different route and Matthew just takes the route of just like, you know, he's going to start at the begats or this father had this son who had this son who had this son and starts working his all the way down to prove the lineage of Jesus where John, um, you know, he begins in the book of Genesis and, and we're going to talk about the way that he comes from the book of uh, Genesis and his whole first couple of chapters and begins to just exegete the book of Genesis on how Jesus is God. And he said, man, I had the opportunity to sit with God. Literally, he said, what was preached, what we heard as little children coming up in the Jewish community or the Messianic community or the Hebrew community, whatever you want to put it. He is saying, hey, y'all, I am a witness. I had the opportunity to sit there and lay my head on his chest. I had my opportunity to speak to God. Could you imagine living in a time when what Moses and the prophets and, and, and the Psalms and the writings were talking about, that you had the opportunity that he picked you to be one of his apostles, that he picked you, that he said, yo, Billy, hey, come here. And you begin to follow him. And, the, and, the, and like Jesus said, the father revealed to you that this is his son, that this is God, that this is what Moses and the prophets were talking about. Hey, come and see, for we found the one that Moses and the prophets were talking about. That's why John begins to write this. 
And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. What the, the word may have been a little bit harsh, but he said, I spent a couple of years with him. And he said, for the law, I mean, he, 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 he talks about in verse 16 here, he says, and of his fullness have all we received and grace for grace. The law was given by Moses or the Torah was given by Moses, which is Genesis uh, to Deuteronomy. Uh, the grace that's in the Torah, the grace that Noah found, the grace that Abraham found, the grace that Isaac found, the grace that Jacob found. He said grace and the truth. He said, I now understand the scriptures came by Jesus Christ. It wasn't a throwing away of the Torah. No, man, get out of here with that. And I have some people that quote that scripture to usher in philosophy you know, now we start, you know, now, now we could bring Buddha into uh, the word of God with karma. You know, now we got people coming in with um, that's not doctrine. It's not according to the scripture. It's not according to the word, which that's what they called it. So it's very important what John brings about right there. And I don't want to get ahead of myself or anything like that, but I'm telling you that I've always enjoyed the scriptures and the way they were laid out and how they were inspired or how the Holy Spirit spoke through man, inspired man and spoke through him and gave him the revelation to be able to write. David had a revelation because he used to study Genesis to Deuteronomy and look at the revelation just in the Psalms alone about Jesus. I mean, God who at summary time spoke to us uh, by the prophets and his last days, he spoke to us by his son, who is his expressed image. But I'm telling you right now, some of the things that David wrote in Psalms and some of the other brothers in Psalms that were writing, describing the day that Jesus is going to die for our sins, how he was beaten. And, and Isaiah talks about how he was beaten. You know, I mean, just doesn't it, it is incredible the relationship that these men have, I wanted to say had, but I got to say have with the Lord, that they are taking the first five books and they see more of Jesus than we do than in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I tell you, man, it's it was never meant to be looked at as or be even be called the Old Testament. Each one of these books is a is a, a stepping stone in the book of Genesis. And, and all of that is the is the chief step. It's the first step. And you have to understand that the prophets and, and all the brothers that were writing, um, Joshua and all of them that are writing, see Jesus, have more faith sometimes than you and I. How can that be when we have Genesis to Revelation? So I think there's something in here that's been robbed from us. I think sometimes we're taught things and and bread, I hate to use the word bread, but we're bred to be a certain way. We got brothers that go off to um, theology school, which I think is okay if you've got a strong pastor or a leader that is able to make sure that your head is screwed on straight. Make sure that you're getting this. 
Don't try to write this stuff off and don't try to come at somebody with this scripture because you don't know what you're talking about. Just so subtle of a turn of a scripture can send you and me down a rabbit hole that we have no business being. So thank God that we know that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. But just like some people, they, they made some mistakes when it came to scripture. And I believe that if we keep the foundation, um, the way that Jesus kept the foundation, preaching from out of Genesis uh, to Malachi, all the, the apostles, we're going to look at later on in Acts, uh, I think it's Acts chapter 15, where they had to settle something with one of the churches and they took it to scripture and they took it, you know, they, they always took it to the scriptures. They prayed about it. They got together. They talked about matters of the church and then they, they, they brought it through the scriptures. So if you want to know what they believe, they weren't, they were they didn't say, yo, can y'all somebody get Matthew's journal? Can you get John's journal? No, they went straight to the scriptures because that's what Christ said in, in Luke 24, the road to Emmaus, he opened up their minds so they can understand everything written in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the writings concerning him. That's it. That's what you and I should be doing today. Finding out who Jesus is, not the philosophy. You know, we got a lot of people that are studying psychology and they're coming in, they're teaching psychology and philosophy, but they are not teaching us who Jesus is. You know, people are still celebrating these other different pagan holidays and using these other pagan rituals, but they're not coming in and teaching the holy days that God asked every believer. There is not a believer from the book of Genesis on till now that somehow we're going to do away with the Passover, which is a beautiful picture of what Christ did for you and I and how when death comes, it's going to pass over you and I because we shall not die. We will live and we will reign with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Okay, so I don't want to go too far in advance, but I just had to break that off because this is just the opening to the road to Emmaus. And I'm just trying to give you my thought. And some of you may agree and some of you may disagree, but I've got to lay it out like this for you so that uh, I'm coming at you with hopefully with some good scriptures and, and maybe some of y'all will give me a thumbs up. Okay, but if you don't, hey, man. I love you. I know you love me. And I know that you're not disrespecting me by not agreeing with me. I believe that sometimes iron has to sharpen iron. And sometimes I could be wrong, but I'm going to put it out here. This is what I believe in my heart. And I'm letting the whole world know it. So we're looking at John here and, and, and John just clarifying to you and I, did Jesus speak with authority? Yes, he did. Is he the one that wrote the book? I believe that he is. I believe that he's right there with daddy in the bosom. Him, him and his father are one. The father, the son, Holy Spirit, all of that is one person. Remember, Mary was with child by the Holy Ghost, not by Joseph. That means that God placed himself in a woman and came out. So when he begins to say what the scriptures are, that trumps everybody else. Do you understand that? I love when... Um, the Spirit of God leads Jesus into the wilderness. Um, and Jesus begins to quote scripture. And he doesn't quote anything from the book of Acts. He doesn't quote anything from, you know, Paul's letter to Timothy. He begins to quote the word of God. And it says here was Jesus was led up in the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward hungry. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, 
Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. It is written. It is written. He's quoting scripture. We have to always define what scripture is. And once you know in your heart that Genesis to Malachi is scripture and that Jesus is preaching from this scriptures and that Matthew is preaching from there and that John is preaching, all the, the, the apostles and, and the disciples are preaching from Genesis to Malachi, then hopefully a light goes off in your head and says, wait a minute now. And you begin to go and search the scriptures, just as if you were Matthew. You're going to go back and begin to search and begin to look to see, can I see Jesus in these scriptures? Can you see him? Another one in verse seven says, Jesus said unto him, it is written again, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Where did he quote? The book of Jude? First Peter? Maybe he quoted Hebrews. He is quoting the word of God, which he calls the scriptures. Matthew chapter four. Let's see here. Then said Jesus unto him, get thee hence Satan, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou serve. Quoting scripture again. He's not making anything up. He already wrote. He said it is written, set in stone, done deal. Now I'm just going to walk it out. Just walk it out. So y'all, like I said, I'm, I'm going to repeat it again for some of the brothers and sisters that, you know, maybe you're like, oh man, he's tripping. No, I'm not tripping. I say this for a reason, because I'm telling you that people are going to start making some stuff up. People are going to start talking to you about some things that make no sense. And if you are not rooted and grounded in scripture, then they can take that New Testament and make it sound like anything that they want it to sound like. And they can bring in their philosophy and all their other stuff. But you and I need to be well-rooted and grounded in the Word of God. That way when people come to us, we be able to prove. It says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may be able to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God that you will be able to prove. Because in the last days, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. You and I need to know what scripture is. I'm challenging you to figure out what scripture is going to be. I know it's Genesis to Revelation, but if what they're preaching doesn't add up with what Jesus believed to be scripture, what Matthew believed to be scripture, what John believed to be scripture, what Luke believed to be scripture, what Paul believed to be scripture, I got a problem with that. And you should have a problem with that too. That's the only thing I'm saying. I don't know how this is going to work out, but this is something that's been laid on my heart. And um, now you understand my thought process. So anytime somebody wants to sit down with me and discuss, discuss scripture and talk about this and talk about that, first of all, man, we're going to define what scripture is. Don't come to me with all those feelings and stuff like that. This is just like a court of law. If you come to me with a New Testament scripture, with some New Testament ideology, and it don't line up with what is written, I'm telling you, bro, we're throwing that case out of court. Your Honor, <laughs> that ain't scripture. We did it first find out what the scripture is, and I'm telling you, everything written in what they call the New Testament, they preached 
from what they call the Old Testament. Jesus preached out of there when he came up here, when the, when the spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil, he wasn't quoting any New Testament. He was quoting the scriptures, which they call the Old Testament. He has not come to destroy anything. He came to fulfill it. How do you know, did he fulfill it if you don't even know what the scriptures are? How do you know who he is if you don't know what the scriptures are? So the next time that I get on the mic, maybe we'll start off with Matthew. Maybe we'll start off with John and we'll begin to take a look at why these brothers wrote what they did. Okay, so that's it for number one, y'all. Look out for number two, The Road to Emmaus. God bless you.